This is Indianapolis coach, Reggie Wayne, and you're listening to the For the Culture podcast. This is the For the Culture podcast. I'm your host, Luke Diamond, back with the All-22 offense, focusing on the wide receiver position, a position that was decimated with injuries in 2019. If you go back to this time last year, our top three wide receivers on the roster, T.Y., Funchess, Campbell. Out of those three wide receivers, T.Y. missed six games, Funches missed 15 games, Campbell missed nine games. They only played in a total of 18 out of 48 games. So we were decimated, and it wasn't just T.Y., Funches and Campbell. It was also Therese Fountain going down with a broken ankle in week two of the preseason in the joint practices with the Cleveland Browns leading up to that week two preseason game. It was Chester Rogers going on the season-ending IR. Paris Campbell had three surgeries his rookie season. So top to bottom, we were decimated with injuries at the wide receiver position last year. Devin Funches comes in as our number two one-year deal, gets hurt in week one of the regular season, misses the next 15 games. We thought he was going to come back after that broken collarbone. We thought he'd come back around week eight, week nine. Goes on the season-ending IR. We don't see him again in a Colt uniform, and now he's with the Green Bay Packers. So you look at this wide receiver room. We draft Michael Pittman Jr. in the second round. We draft Desmond Patman in the sixth round. A couple of new faces coming in. And then we have a couple guys who made the most out of a bad situation last year, and that's Zach Pascal and Marcus Johnson. They stepped up in the absence of T.Y., in the absence of Campbell, in the absence of Funches. So... When you look at this wide receiver room, around the league, I don't think it's one of the most talented rooms in terms of top-heavy talent. We're going to rely on a couple of younger receivers like Michael Pittman Jr. and Paris Campbell going into this season. But when you look at this receiver room, just like this time last year, from top to bottom, very deep. Last year, I love the depth of our receiver room. I thought we had probably eight legitimate NFL receivers going into camp, maybe nine or ten But the problem is you can only carry six into the season. So when you carry six into the season and then the guys you cut go and sign with other teams and then you have four out of those six go down, then your hands are tied. What are you supposed to do? Because even some of the back end guys like Chester Rogers went down. He was on the season ending IR and Dereese Fallon got hurt in training camp. He was on the season ending IR. So our hands were really tied last year at this position. We do go out. We draft a couple guys like Pittman and Patman out of the Pac-12 in the 2020 draft. So Looking at this receiver room, let's start off with the camp bodies. We have Rodney Adams, the Michael Harris, Malik Henry, Artavis Scott, and Chad Williams. Chad Williams actually did make the roster last year, played in 11 games, mainly contributing on special teams. I don't think he saw any targets, definitely didn't have any receptions. So Chad Williams is a guy who made the roster last year because once upon a time, Marcus Johnson wasn't going to make this roster. He was going to be our 7th or 8th receiver at one point in time. He got cut before the season started and then we have all those injuries and he's starting games alongside Zach Pascal last year so then that opens the door for other guys like Chad Williams to come in and have a job and play on special teams but the receiving court this year is just too deep for a guy like Chad Williams to have a chance to make this roster again maybe he goes somewhere else and plays somewhere else but we're not going to be able to carry a six receiver just for special teams purposes this year and then it's also going to hurt these guys if any of them are punt returners or kick returners because I think that we already have both those spots solidified. I think our punt returner, I think we all know our punt returner is going to be Naheem Hines. And then our kick returner, I think, is going to be the rookie out of UMass, Isaiah Rogers. So both those spots right now, I think, are taken. So if any of these guys are punt returners or kick returners, I think that's going to hurt them. So Adams, Harris, Henry, Scott, Williams, I don't think any of them will make the roster. 
So, in my opinion right now, T.Y. safe, obviously. Pittman's safe. Campbell's safe. Pascal's safe. I think right now, Johnson, Patman, Fountain, and Doolin will be battling for two spots. Now, out of those two spots right now, I think I have to give the edge to Marcus Johnson. I think Marcus Johnson is going to make this roster. I will right now put him as the fifth. He could get beat out for that spot, and maybe he'll be the sixth. But if we're taking six receivers right now, I would put Marcus Johnson on the roster. I thought we re-signed him right before the draft as a security blanket. We go into the draft. We still take two wide receivers. So if we don't sign Marcus Johnson, I don't think we draft three receivers. But still, Marcus Johnson is back on this roster. I think he makes this team in 2020. So Johnson right now I'd put at the fifth spot, which means Patman, Fountain, and Doolin will be battling it out for one spot. Now, I think we could also, like we put Marcus Johnson on the roster, I think we could take Doolin off it. Doolin, kind of like Chad Williams last year, really only made the roster because we were pressed to the max with injuries. We were really pushed to the limit, and it gave an opportunity. It opened the door for players like Williams and Doolin to make the roster, play on special teams. Doolin did have two receptions in 13 games last year, but I don't think there's any chance Doolin makes the roster. So... He was on the team last year. I don't think he makes it this year, which means that sixth spot is going to be between Desmond Patman and Doris Fountain. So between the two guys, neither one of them has that much NFL experience. Fountain was drafted three years ago. Patman was just drafted. Fountain's only played in one regular season game, two playoff games, has only seen four offensive snaps, one target, and that one target was a drop in the playoffs against the Kansas City Chiefs. So he doesn't really have too much NFL experience. He has been to two NFL training camps which I guess could be considered an advantage for him over Desmond Patman, who we drafted in the sixth round of the 2020 draft. So taking a look at Desmond Patton real quick, he was one of five wide receivers drafted this season out of the Pac-12. He's 6'4", 225 pounds, so he's a big body. He has a size advantage over Dries Fountain. And if you go to his 2018 and 19 statistics at Washington, 26 games, 116 receptions, 1,578 yards, and 13 touchdown receptions in that Mike Leach offense. So taking a look at Fountain and Patman side-by-side. Fountain was a fifth-round pick in 2018. Patman, sixth-round pick in 2020. I'll give Patman the edge there because Fountain's had chances in the past. He did not make the roster in 2018. Last year was very unfortunate. He got hurt, and he missed that opportunity when Funchess and T.Y. and Campbell and Rodgers and all the guys got hurt. He would have had an opportunity to really step up and prove himself the way we saw out of Zach Pascal and Marcus Johnson. But unfortunately, he was the first receiver to get hurt back in camp. So he's had multiple seasons now with no productivity. Some of that his fault, like 2018. Some of that not his fault, like 2019, where he got hurt. And then Patman coming in now as a rookie, I think that's an advantage for Patman. Fallon came out of the Missouri Valley Conference. So the last time Fallon played a real game, like a game that meant anything, it was in the Missouri Valley. Patman's coming out of the Pac-12. So a Power 5 conference saw more NFL talent on a week-to-week basis than Fountain, who really hasn't and now has just missed an entire season. Fountain is 6'1", 210. Patman is 6'4", 225. So size advantage to Patman. Fountain, 24 years old. Patman, 21 years old. He'll be 22 for week one. Advantage again, Patman. Fountain ran a 4'4", Patman ran a 4.48. The advantage is Fountain, but I'll take a 4.48 at 6.4225 225 
over a 4.46 at 6.1210. And then, of course, Fallon coming off that broken ankle. Patman healthy at the moment. So I know Fallon's been working really, really hard. He's been working his ass off. But when you look at these guys side by side on paper, on paper, right now, Patman, I think, has more boxes checked. I think right now, on paper, Patman does edge out Therese Fountain for that sixth wide receiver spot on the 55-man roster. So right now, I'm giving the edge to Patman. But when you put the pads on, you get out on the field, anything can happen. Fountain will have a fair opportunity to battle Patman for that sixth spot. The competition will be wide open, as it will for the practice squad guys and the camp bodies. I call them camp bodies because right now I don't think they have a chance to make the roster. But the competition will be there. A guy could show up. Like, you look at the Giants with Victor Cruz. Nobody knew who he was coming out of UMass. He fights. He makes the roster back in, what, 2011, 2012 for the Giants, 2010 for the Giants, whatever year that was. And he goes on to have a couple Pro Bowl seasons. So anything can happen. You could come out of a small school. You could whatever. Ballard still saw something in Therese Fallon a couple years ago. He drafted him in 2018, that historic draft class, for a reason. So Fallon will have an opportunity. But right now, I would give that sixth spot to Desmond Patman at the moment. I think Marcus Johnson makes the roster. I don't think it'll be automatic. He's going to have to earn his spot. Like, T.Y. is going to be automatic. Pittman's going to be automatic. Campbell's going to be automatic. Marcus Johnson's going to need to prove himself again this summer to make this roster, but he has NFL experience, unlike the other two guys. So you look at Marcus Johnson, he'll be 26 week one, so he's still young. 23 receptions, 379 yards, three touchdowns for the Colts over the last two seasons. Had a great game at Tampa last year with a quarterback who does not like to throw the ball downfield in Jacoby Brissett. Three receptions for 105 yards and a touchdown in that game. We never should have lost to Tampa Bay in Tampa. So I think Marcus Johnson makes the roster. Right now I'm going Patman 6, Johnson 5, and then at 4 I'm going to go Paris Campbell. A lot of people right now would say Campbell should be the 2 or the 3. Paris Campbell had four injuries last year and three surgeries. He had a hamstring issue in camp. Then we went into the season. He had a hernia surgery week four, returns week eight, breaks his hand week nine, has another surgery, doesn't come back until week 14. And then in the third quarter of week 14, he fractures his foot, goes on the season-ending IR. So he had three surgeries during the season in only seven games played. The NFL is not for everybody, and I am not ready to cut Paris Campbell. I'm not ready to say Paris Campbell is not an NFL player. He's not tough enough or whatever, durable enough to play in the NFL. All I'm saying is up until this point, I don't know how I put Paris Campbell at two or three ahead of a guy like Zach Pascal. Like how do you put Paris Campbell ahead of Zach Pascal at this moment when Pascal has been extremely durable? He's played in all 32 games over the last two years since being an undrafted free agent back in 2017. Like, I just don't know how you do that. Paris Campbell has been so durable, so reliable for the Colts over the last couple of years. He's been like a fringe back into the roster guy, but every time we call his number, he steps up and he produces. So I just don't know how you do that yet. But again, it doesn't really matter. As long as you make the roster, when your number's called, you don't count the snaps, you make the snaps count. So when his number's called and he goes out onto the field, you got to make those snaps count. You got to produce when you're out on the field. So right now, I would put Paris Campbell fourth and I would put Zach Pascal third, but that's really just because Paris Campbell has to prove to us that he could stay healthy. If he could prove that, I think he'll be a star. I think he'll be a really good player in this league for a long time in the Frank Reich offense. Do you remember Frank Reich's 
reaction when we drafted Paris Campbell in 2019. He was ecstatic. So I think Paris Campbell is going to be a really good player. He just has to stay healthy. He has to prove to us that he can play and he could be durable in this league because not everybody is cut out to play in the NFL. It doesn't matter how fast you are, how good your hands are. Not everybody's cut out to play NFL football. So as long as Paris Campbell could prove he could stay on the field and he could produce while he's on the field, he will be a very, very, very good NFL player. That's not a knock on Paris Campbell in any way, shape, or form, but three surgeries in seven games is concerning. That's really what this boils down to. It's concerning that Paris Campbell had Three surgeries in seven games last year. But hopefully he's back to 100%. He goes out. He proves himself. He passes Zach Pascal on the roster. Whatever. But up until this point right now, I would put him fourth. And I would put Zach Pascal third. Zach Pascal is only 25 years old. Everybody wants to bypass him because he was an undrafted guy in 2017. You know who else was an undrafted guy in 2017? Kenny Moore. And Kenny Moore right now is a star in this defense. Kenny Moore got snubbed last year of a Pro Bowl. Kenny Moore is one of the best players on this roster. I think he's the top three player on this defense after only Darius Leonard and DeForest Buckner. Not bad company to be ahead of you. Two All-Pros. So I love Zach Pascal. I think Zach Pascal could be a big part of this offense in 2020. He was an undrafted receiver back in 2017, like I said. And over the last two years, he's had 62 receptions for 815 yards. He had two 100-plus receiving yard games last year in 2019 for the Colts. He has seven touchdown receptions, and he's played in all 32 of 32 games over the last two years for the Colts. So he's remained durable. He's not afraid to help you out on special teams. He's a great blocking receiver. So I love Zach Pascal. I've been a big Zach Pascal supporter in the past, even before the 2018 season. I loved him in the 2018 preseason. The last two years, he stepped up when other receivers have gotten hurt. So I think Zach Pascal, and I said last year when he was starting games, and he was our number one receiver at times when T.Y. went down, I was saying Zach Pascal is not a number one receiver. He also has a backup quarterback throwing to him. But I was saying... Zach Pascal is not a number one receiver. He's not even really a number two receiver, but he's a really good three. He'd be a great four, and he'd be probably the best fifth receiver on any roster in the NFL. But right now, I think he's earned this third spot. So right now, I would put him at three, and you could even bump him up to two. Maybe you give a player like Michael Pittman Jr., who's a rookie, more snaps. But if you want to start Zach Pascal this year with a completely healthy wide receiver core, a healthy Pittman, a healthy Paris Campbell, and you want to start T.Y. and Zach Pascal, I have zero problems with that because Zach Pascal up until this point has proven his worth. He's proven he belongs. He's not afraid to block. He'll help the team in any way possible. He's the ultimate team guy, great guy off the field, as all these guys are. We have no problems with any of these players off the field. But Paris Campbell and Zach Pascal are both safe. I think the top four wide receivers are both safe, leading us right into number two. Michael Pittman Jr., second-round pick, 34th overall in the 2020 draft, 6'4", 223 pounds, ran a 4'5", 240 at the Combine, and in his career, great career at USC, 171 receptions for 2,519 yards, 19 touchdowns. But if you look at just 2019, 101 receptions for 1,275 yards, 11 touchdowns, and he was a second-team All-American with a ridiculously talented wide receiver class to go up against in the 2019 college season. And we saw going into that draft, one of the deepest, most talented wide receiver drafts in NFL draft 
history. So Michael Pittman Jr. definitely deserving of one of those top four spots going into this year. But he still has to prove himself. He hasn't played a game of NFL football yet. So right now I think he deserves to be in this conversation. I think he deserves to be in the top four, top five on this roster. But he still has to prove himself. He still has to go out there in camp. He still has to go out there in the preseason. He has to earn that spot. Right now I'm giving him, I'm basically just giving him that number two spot. He has to earn that spot because you know that Paris Campbell, he's going to get healthy. You know he's going to show up. You know he's going to compete. You know that a guy like Zach Pascal is definitely, like the last couple of years, he's going to show up. He's going to compete. So I could see it being T.Y., Pascal, Pittman, Campbell. I could see it being T.Y., Campbell, Pittman, Pascal. I could see it being T.Y., Pascal, Campbell, Pittman. I could see a bunch of different scenarios. T.Y. is pretty much number one in all of them unless he gets hurt. But I think Pittman right now will be in the mix. Right now I'm putting him at number two because he's coming in, second-round receiver, a big body, which Rivers loves to throw to. He has those Vincent Jackson comparisons, the draft day comparisons. So you know that he's going to fit really well. Like Naheem Hines, he's going to fit really well with Phillip Rivers, which is one of the reasons why I'm kind of giving him a nod and putting him as one of the two starters for this season. So Michael Pittman right now I'm putting him at number two, penciled in. Campbell and Pasco will definitely have a chance to battle him for that spot. And I could see any of those three guys starting alongside T.Y. Hilton, who is our number one wide receiver. He's a four-time Pro Bowler. He's the oldest wide receiver on this roster. Only 30 years old, but the oldest in this room. He'll be 31 in November. The career statistics are fantastic. 552 receptions, 8,598 yards, 45 touchdowns. And Marvin passed the torch to Reggie. Reggie passed the torch to T.Y. Who will T.Y. pass the torch to? I believe that guy is in this room. Is it Pittman? Is it Campbell? Who is the guy who T.Y. will pass down what Reggie passed him and Marvin passed Reggie when his time is up? So I think T.Y. is still going to be very productive. I think he's going to produce at a high level this season. He has been battling injuries the last few seasons. He did miss six games. And in his career, he's only missed 10 games. So in the last eight years, he's been very durable for the Colts. The injuries did start to build up at the end of 2018 going into 2019. And then at the end of 2019, he was missing some time. But he's only missed 10 games in his NFL career dating back to 2012 when he was drafted. And in those 10 games, the Colts are 1-9. So with luck, without luck, no matter what, 1-9 without T.Y. Hilton. So his value to this Colts offense and this Colts team is second to none. This is a different team, a different offense when T.Y. is not out there on the field. And last year... His numbers did not match. They didn't duplicate a normal TY season. Now, for starters, obviously, you're playing with Jacoby instead of playing with Luck. And then also, a lot of those games where he was playing last year, he wasn't playing at 100%. So last year, he was playing injured. He was playing as a quote-unquote decoy. So this year, I think we're going to see a healthy, productive TY Helen. I think we're going to see a much better Colts receiving core in 2020 because last year, we only had three games of 100-plus receiving yards. Johnson had one. Pascal had two. That was a great stat from Zach Hicks. Well, he actually asked the question. I guessed it correctly, and that's not a good thing. You don't want to be able to remember every single 100 reception game from a team, an entire team, because if you go back to 2018, T.Y. had five 100-plus receiving games by himself. So you don't want to be able to remember each and every game where a player had 100-plus receiving yards. 
three times in the year 2019, now going into 2020, when you can't even breathe, cornerbacks can't even breathe on wide receivers, that's not good. You don't want to be able to remember each and every time a receiver had a 100-plus yard day because that means it's not happening enough. And you don't want to be able to count those games on one hand like we were able to last year. Now, some of that was in part to the injuries. Some of that was in part to the quarterback with Jacoby Brissett. But this year, with Phillip Rivers, with a couple of new names, new guys added to this receiver room, and hopefully just a little bit better luck and having these guys stay healthy this season, I think we should see that number tick up and we should see a lot more 100-plus receiving yard days out of some of these players on this roster because this is a talented receiving room. I don't think it's one of the best in the league, but I definitely think it's one of the deepest in the league because you look down the line. Right now, our fifth wide receiver, in my opinion, our fifth wide receiver will be Marcus Johnson. He had a three-reception, 105-yard touchdown day with a backup quarterback in Jacoby last year on the road against Tampa Bay. So that just shows the depth and what this receiving core is from top to bottom. So I really like the improvements Ballard made to this room, a room that needed to be improved with the addition of Michael Pittman Jr., with the addition of Desmond Patman. And I loved re-signing Marcus Johnson right before the draft going into the draft. So I'm a big fan of this room. If T.Y. could get healthy, stay healthy this year, and Campbell could get healthy and stay healthy this year, I think this could be a position group that really surprises a lot of people in 2020 because they were just so bad last year in 2019 and that's not even their fault per se not even the guys who were on the field because again of the quarterback so it was just a bad combination of Jacoby of injuries of asking guys who should really be third receivers or fourth receivers starting games we had games where Marcus Johnson and Pascal were starting together and if you go back to the summertime they were probably fourth and eighth at one point on the depth chart and they were starting games together last season in 2019 when T.Y. went down so this is a much improved position group hopefully it stays healthy this season and we see the productivity we expect out of this position plus again the addition of Philip Rivers so now we actually have a quarterback who's able to stretch the field throw the ball downfield and can see the entire field because we had so many crossing rounds last year we had so many guys who were wide open the timing was just so bad from the quarterback position I think we should see that change in 2020 as well so fun position group to talk about definitely gonna be a fun position group to watch in training camp because the battle is gonna be really good I think Fallon and Patman battling for that spot is gonna be a lot of fun Johnson will be in the mid hey maybe Desmond Patton and Fallon both make the roster and they push Marcus Johnson off it. That's definitely a possibility as well. I think those three guys are going to be battling for two spots. I think Doolin will be the first guy out, but this is going to be a fun position group to watch all summer long in training camp going into the preseason. Guys, Jason will be back tomorrow with the linebackers. Talk about a talented position group. This linebacker group is one of the most talented position groups on this roster. I would put them second behind the running backs, most talented position, deepest position on the defense. So that should be a lot of fun as Jason comes back tomorrow with the All-22 Defense Linebacker Edition right here on the For the Culture Podcast.